I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We love being transparent, honest, and down to earth on this podcast. We consider you guys such an important part of our episodes. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to the Better Podcast. Today we have a super exciting guest. He is specifically a print pro and we're going to get all of the questions answered about print. And this person what we're talking about is Dave Hopkins and he actually runs a print design academy. Hi, Dave. Welcome. Hello. Hello, Giselle and Jen. It's so great to have you. I am so happy that we're going to be talking about print design today because I actually started my design journey from a journalism background. I was in editorial design and I I interned at Cosmo. I worked at Women's Health Magazine in New York City. And so I love magazine design, especially, especially magazine design for print. And I just, I don't do it anymore. I just am 100% digital and I miss it. I want to talk about like printing and color and just just all that kind of good stuff. So my heart breaks a little bit inside, Jen. <laughs> I know, mine too, mine too. So I mean, I still am an avid magazine subscriber. Real simple shout out is like my dream magazine to work at. It'll never happen. I can't ever move to New York, but you know, it's uh, it's a dream. But <laughs> anyways, this is yeah. digital. Everybody's working remotely right now, anyways, Jen. True, true. Yeah. You're so right. I can use InDesign from anywhere. Oh, InDesign, my poor InDesign. Oh. Dave has a quickie podcast, so he's interviewed hundreds of people. Uh, do you have a number? Yeah, Dave, of how many episode two hundred and twenty-eight just went wow. up. Like that's episodes recorded and out there. But I mean, I've been interviewing and connecting with graphic designers for ten years before that. So yeah, we're like we're we got to be over five hundred designers that I've connected. Wow, that's with. amazing. That's amazing. Like I yeah. literally am like nervous <laughs> now. Like <laughs> yeah, he is a pro. He is yeah. a pro, and he has graced us with his presence. Yes, no, thank you. I'm definitely not a pro. Whenever people say to me like, "Oh, I love the Quickie Podcast. It's so great," my response is, "Really." <laughs> that's us too with better podcast yeah. i know we're, i'm like wait people actually listen to this thing like what yeah. <laughs> exactly this is like i just had a spare hour so i thought we would just chat what's up yeah. <laughs> yeah i love it well dave we definitely want you to introduce yourself um to all of our listeners anybody that's never heard of the quickie podcast or the print design academy all this stuff we want to know it all cool well i'll give you the brief intro and i think some of the questions that you have later on will sort of lead us down a path to go deeper in that um but my name is dave hopkins like you said i have been in the print industry for 17-ish or so years. And when I say been in the print industry, I started knowing nothing. I have that moment of walking into the print shop for the first time, getting all the sights and the smells and the sounds, all of that for the first time and having no idea what was actually happening. Like most people out there, you don't realize it, but you are touching and interacting with print every single day. So I came into print from being a laborer at a forklift dealer, like nothing related to design whatsoever, and um, started my way backwards through the print process. So I started with the finishing, moved on to the printing, did the pre-press stuff, and then moved into customer management, account management, um, sales, brand management, that sort of thing for what has been now most of my career, which brings us to these sort of conversations where I'm connecting with graphic designers and I'm asking questions about what are you trying to achieve in this print design? And I'm helping them match up papers, helping them match up inks. And yeah, that's, that's sort of my brief intro. 
That's incredible. And what got you into interviewing other designers? Did you start off with like just kind of picking people's brains to learn for yourself? And Well, I did it already for my sort of print sales part of my job where I was in that time in my career. And what I realized I enjoyed most about my job was just having conversations with designers, hearing their story. How did they get into design? What are they trying to achieve? What's important to them? You know, from their story, big picture down to, you know, little picture, what we're talking about is this particular project you're working on. How can we, you know, exercise this and make this awesome? Um, so that I was already doing that. And I enjoyed that so much with my day job. I thought, you know, how, how could I scale these conversations? And I just had this vision of something in the future where I could work remotely and serve graphic designers somehow, some way. And your intro to doing that is how can I provide value to this group on scale? And that's really where the Quickie Podcast came from, or the idea of the podcast. The name came from my completely weird and quirky personality, but that is that was the premise of the Quickie Podcast to get me into this sort of large-scale conversation with designers. Yeah, I love that. And each podcast episode is about 30 minutes long, but I've noticed that you have a few that are about an hour or like they're the yeah. two-parter. Yeah, I basically, I just need to change the intro. It's a, it's, it's, it's a quickie-ish. It originally yeah. started... <laughs> Like, you know, we all go through phases of starting these podcasts and these in these ventures with a goal in mind. And my goal was to produce more podcast episodes than anybody was doing for graphic designers at the time. So the quickie started as a podcast show that was seven days a week, a new episode went up every single day. And after episode 100, I kind of realized like, if I'm putting out 30 minutes of content a day, I'm expecting a listener to dedicate three and a half hours of their week to me. And it just felt like, oh, maybe that maybe that's too much. I'm asking too much. So I scaled it back to three days a week, scaled it back again, and have seen the most growth since I've gone to one day a week. And that just feels comfortable and manageable and good. Oh, that's amazing. I never would have thought of it that way. That's so interesting. I mean, like we kind of just started this out of the blue because, I mean, just like you said, we just liked having these conversations with each other. And we were like, we feel like this could apply to more people than just us. And we were right, apparently. I mean, it's obviously grown since we started last October. I think we launched our season one last October, which is crazy. But yeah, you're right. I mean, like we, we haven't really talked to a lot of other people who do podcasts. I mean, some of our guests have podcasts, but you know, it's like, it's, it's cool to see like other people's podcast journeys because ours was just so random. Like, I don't know if Giselle told you, but like, we, we didn't even know how to use like, uh, um, what is, I don't even know what this is called, what kind of microphone this is. Like I tried to, I thought you could (laughs) plug it into your computer. Like I was like, what's a multi-track? Like I didn't know any of the technical stuff. I was like, okay, audio is super different from like digital. So it's, it's cool to talk to someone else who's like way more like, in the weeds with it like you've done it for so long like okay well you're painting an unrealistic (laughs) picture i don't know what i'm doing every single day either and really my secret is no one actually knows what nobody knows (laughs) and i had the idea to create the quickie podcast for months before i even recorded a single episode and i kept saying oh no my my microphone is not as good i'll wait till i get a better microphone or i'm not quite sure what questions i want to ask so i'll just i'll just wait and one weekend i just said what am i waiting for this is what i want to do i just got to do it just got to get started it's gonna right exactly you're like giving yourself excuses and then you're like you know what i just gotta do it that that applies so much to a lot of people who 
ask us about, okay, how do you know when you're ready to like start a brand design studio? You know, it's like, how do you know when you're ready ready. to start? It's like, okay, just start girl. Like I started, I, I always tell people I started and didn't sneak a, didn't make a dime for three months, you know, like, and you just gotta, you gotta do it. You know, like, of course that you're questioning like, ah, is this right? Like whatever. I mean, like just go all Nike on it guys. But, um, I, I do, I'm super excited to jump into our combo, but I realized we never recorded our intro question. So Dave, you're going to go first. What consumer product or brand are you a fan of right now? Okay. So this, I had to, I had to think about it for some reason, like the answer when it came to me was obvious, but it was like, what do I, and literally I was reading this question sitting in the Starbucks drive-thru. I'm like, is this my answer? Is this, <laughs> is this the time? Um, but it wasn't. So just a little bit of context. My son and I, um, I have three kids. My son is the youngest out of three. He is, gosh, nine. He's almost nine. He's nine like next week or something. Not or something, officially next week. I actually <laughs> Anyways, he's, uh, he's nine. So we're doing, we got into mountain biking um, really big oh, in this fun. spring. So we've been doing tons of mountain biking. I used to mountain bike when I was 14 to 16, broke my wrist and just hadn't gone back to it. But he got me back into it. So we've been mountain biking a lot and outgrowing the skills of, you know, our, our used mountain bikes that we just picked up to get started. So the consumer brand and product that I'm a fan of right now is Trek Mountain Bikes. Now, Trek Trek also makes like road bikes and things like that, but they just launched a new bike and I'm in love with this bike and the commercial and promo and weird quirky sales material that they put out about this bike is awesome. That's amazing. I love when you find a brand that's like doing something completely different in the industry yeah. where you're like, that's weird. Like, and that actually yeah. leads into my, my example. Um, I don't actually use this service yet because I feel like it's a kind of a little expensive, but like, I don't know if you guys have heard of Billy razors. They no. are actually doing something different in the women's razor space where they're the first women's razor brand to show like actual body hair in their like advertising, which I think is amazing um and also their brand is like bright and it's minimal and it totally has the same aesthetic of like something that i might design so i'm like billy i like your brand i like your brand so that's my answer but that's that's totally similar to like what you were talking about dave with like when some when a brand does something different you're like oh that catches my attention you know and i'm always trying to think about how i can help my own clients do the same thing and so i notice when something like that is like a little industry shake and i'm like hmm, i see you i like that (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. And to go along with both of you guys, like I was thinking of Kelty. If you guys know the Kelty brand. No, I don't. Um, they do like a lot of like camping and outdoor products and they approach it instead of it being like, you know, be hardcore in the outdoors or, you know, or like sweet, you know, hang out with the family comfortably. And th- with them, they actually kind of follow more of the, um, which one is it? It's that archetype the Joker. So they're just like making fun of everything, like being super silly and like taking themselves so like lightly. I love it. And they do it the right way because there's another brand that I'm not going to mention that tries to pull that archetype and they just do it like it's cringing. It's like they're not doing it very well. And uh, but Kelty does a really great job and they even do it with photos and copywriting and all of those things. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Just you saying that reminded me of another one that I have to say because it's so wicked. Can I throw in a bonus one? Am I breaking the rules? Do it. Do it. (laughs) Um, Have you guys heard of liquid death water? 
What? No. Okay. I don't know if you have the ability to do this. Do you have like 10 seconds where you can look this up in Google? Yeah. Keep this running. Keep this live. Look up liquid death water. Listeners, go to your phone or your desktop (laughs) as you're listening and look this up with us. Ooh. Is this beer? Oh, no, it is water. It's sparkling water. What is this wizardry? Okay, so now that you Googled it, you're going to start seeing the Facebook ads, which is what I'm leading to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got us. (laughs) See, See, there you go. The bug's been planted. But yeah, Yeah. their their ad copy and even on their website, just the copy, it's basically like it almost says like, this water is not for you, liquid death water. So like immediately you're like, well, obviously I have to get some. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Right, gosh. like Patagonia when they had the campaign don't buy this jacket and that's it. They just have like on and every magazine everywhere they have just that one jacket and it says in, in a huge uh typeface don't buy this jacket. And it they it was like one of their best successful campaigns. Yeah. I love that one of these reviews says I love liquid death. We'll be buying more to murder that thirst. Wow. <laughs> I'm there for I'm I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Thank you for sharing that brand with us. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love yeah, that's it. An awesome one. I'm gonna have to get some for my husband. It looks like beer, but it it's like sparkling water, which he also enjoys. So that's fantastic. Amazing. All right, let's talk print. Guys, I'm so excited. Yeah. Let's do it. Dave, do you want to tell us about how you kind of got started? Well, you already said how you got started, but like how like how did you grow what you had? From the beginning, you talked about the podcast and kind of how you got into print design. How did you grow that into where you are right now? And why do you think print is the avenue that you took out of all of the avenues that you can go with design? Mm-hmm. So a story time with Dave here again. So basically when I, I worked at a printer where I sort of cut my teeth in the print industry and I moved into sales with that printer, I was there nine and a half years and in sales, I quickly hit the sales ceiling. So based on the structure of the company, the type of work that they do, the type of customers that I wanted to pull in, there was no more room for growth. So I'm not the kind of person that's ready to go, ah, well, we'll just kick back, collect a paycheck, go in once in a while. You know, that's just not my, my style. So I wanted to, to pursue more and grow more. And there was a company um, out in Vancouver. So I lived sort of on a suburb outside of Vancouver, BC, um, that had been reaching out to me through LinkedIn and wanting to connect. And I just kept saying, ah, no, 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 I'm good. No, I'm good. And then the timing just worked out. We're like, ah, let's go see what they got cooking. So went out there and immediately it was like, this is next level print. So taking that job not only allowed me to go next level with print and start talking to big name accounts, um, big design accounts, big ad firms, things like that, that I really wanted to connect with. Um, but it also came with a, about an hour and 20 minute commute each way in and out of the office. So I started listening to podcasts, tons of them. I have an hour and a half almost each way. I have lots of time to listen to podcasts. So I started listening to business podcasts because I was always very entrepreneurial minded. Um, And through stuff I was hearing in the podcast and things I was doing in my day job, where most of it is just educating designers about print, I found like there's a gap here. There's a gap where a designer, whether they're freelancing, whether they are in-house at a studio, whether they just graduate with a full four-year design degree, there's a gap that they just don't understand how to do print, how to create their files, how to spec paper, how to find a printer to do the right job. You know, think of sending a business card print to a box company. Like 
like they just didn't know who's who, how do I find the right printer? And that's where the idea of Print Design Academy came to me. And that was four years ago. And again, I sat on it. I just sat on it. I didn't do anything with it. Kept putting out quickie podcasts just because I enjoyed it. And really, I guess the excuse I was telling myself is how do, how do I build relationships and connections with the quickie podcast to show value to this graphic design audience to train them about print? And again, it just came to a point where I was like, what are you waiting for? Just do it. Get the screw ups and the mess ups over with and then get on to the good stuff. So um, I decided the best way to transition into that would be to create another podcast. And I, that's when I created the Print Design Podcast. Oh, yes. And that was very recent, wasn't it? This summer or spring? Yeah, it was back in the spring of this year. We started really slowly. And it's the same thing where I'm connecting with designers. And the premise of that show, the Print Design Podcast, is to introduce print and project planning and behind the scenes production stuff, introduce that kind of talk to, uh, to designers who have no experience with it. I need this. I need this in my life. Like yesterday, even though I come from, (laughs) I come from magazine design, like we handed off all of our final proofs to the, like the person, I don't even, the production team. No, there you go. I was going to say the person who sends it to quad. Like, uh, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I I need that in my life. That's amazing. Exactly. And so that was sort of what I wanted to use to introduce Print Design Academy, which is the membership site where we're teaching graphic designers to become experts in print, right from the beginning of terminology and learning how to talk the talk in print, to how to spec paper that matches a brand, but also works for the type of project, to finding a printer, to fill in your shelf full of swatch books, to... Um, you know, proofing and the liabilities of proofing in, in print, you know, to protect yourself as a designer, um, all the way through into advanced stuff where you're setting up embossing and specialty finishing and, you know, even beyond that. So that's what we're doing over there. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, if you definitely want to take, I'm um, speaking to the listeners, if you want to take your print skills to the next level, consider listening to the podcast, maybe the Academy. And yeah, I've, I consider myself having a lot of experience with print as well. Um, And it was a lot of self-taught stuff because the job demanded it, basically. So that I I was lucky enough to get thrown into that really early in my career. And but I can tell you that in terms of mass, like around the world, having to make sure we have the right Pantone color or doing embossing and things like that, like I haven't had to deal with that. So I would be coming to you like, Dave, I need help. I'm drowning. So um, can you back up a little bit and talk a little bit of of the terms, like the popular terms in print design that I think some of our listeners might be hearing you and being like, whoa, like, what is he talking about? What is like, you know, spec and proofing and all those things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes right, like right from the beginning, the earliest is understanding that when you say print, that now breaks down into a category of like seven different kinds of print. Now there's the sexy ones that a lot of people talk about, which is screen print. Ooh, sexy screen print posters. That's cool, right? (laughs) Then there's the letterpress stuff, which is really sexy too. Letterpress. It's so like old fashioned and vintage, like that's super in right now. But 90% of the things that you look at, that you see, that you interact with, and I'm going to hold up now, like this Starbucks cup, this is print design. Like they're all printed. Majority of things are printed offset printing. Offset doesn't have the same sort of sexy twang as the other ones do that I mentioned. Um, So understanding the different types of print 
is huge. Offset print, flexo print. Um, then you got your digital print, which is you know basically a a prettier, better way than of printing something in a slightly bigger quantity than at home on your home printer. Like that's that's what digital is. And that with offset printing. Um, the way that I understand it, that's why we work with CMYK. You're printing with four colors and they're basically dots that get printed onto uh, paper and the dots are mixing together, creating the color that you wanted. What What's the other one you said? Flex printing? Flexo printing. Yeah. So flexo printing is primarily used for items like shrink sleeves, labels, things that are on roll. It's also commonly used when you're printing directly onto like large corrugated boxes. Um, and offset printing if I'm, I'm going to get real technical just for a second here. Do it, do it. And, and within Print Design Academy, we like have like little pictures and diagrams and things that like make it easier to understand this. But offset printing, you have a plate, you have your ink rollers touching the plate, that inked image goes to a rubber blanket, the rubber blanket then presses it to your paper, your substrate, whatever. That's offset print, also sometimes called lithography. Um, flexo print, your ink rollers touch the plate and the plate transfers that directly to the paper, the substrate. So there's no in between. And what's the difference in terms of the end result for either one of those? Um, like why would you choose one of the other? Both can print really nice quality. Both can do pantones. Both can produce good results. It really depends on the application. So with flexo, because it's usually roll-based, you have a higher, um, a larger variety of substrates and mediums and papers and label stocks and things like that that you can print on. Whereas the offset side, you're typically sheet-fed. And for most of them, there's some that are roll-fed, but mostly sheet-fed. Um, and it, uh, has less substrates, but you're usually trimming down to a finished size of some kind or in flexo, you're, you're sort of kiss cutting the label and then it goes to a company that's going to be canning and labeling their product and the labels are all automatically applied on rolls and things like that. So that's typically where you mostly see flexo. Oh, interesting. Is there a, bar- a bargaining difference too? Like in terms of pricing, is there a difference there? You're typically you're typically never comparing the two because they're okay. because they're used for such different I applications. See. I'm sure there's okay. applications where you could go either way for certain things, and it really just depends on what sort of finished result you're you're looking for. You're going for. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I love that you made a distinction between like okay, print design is not just paper. That just blew my mind. Um, and I'm going to zoom out a little bit here. One of the questions that like we had prepared for today was like, sell us on print design. Like, why is that something that like brand designers specifically should know about? And as I'm sitting here recording this podcast, guys, let me tell you, I'm looking around my office and I'm like, oh my gosh, Dave is so right. Everything I see, my water bottle, I have my, my microphone, my mouse, like I have this book that has like a paper, it's like a plasticky cover on it. Like I have all of my digital things things. They all have labels printed on them. I mean, some of it's metal, some of it's plastic. You know, I never considered that to be under the umbrella of print design, but you're exactly right. And so like, that is so interesting that like, of course we think like, oh, like print design, that's like so old and archaic, but it's actually not. It's actually extremely modern and it's like everywhere. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you check your mail, if you have a mailbox and you check your mail, you interact with print and print design every day when you check your mail. Like that, that's print. Everybody right now listening to this episode can look at their desk or the shelf behind them or whatever and find probably five to 10 things that are print, that are print design. And 
it's if print is everywhere. And this is the kind of realization that I had when I first started in the print industry all those years ago, you know, walking into the shop, smelling and seeing these things and going, oh, geez, this stuff is everywhere. All, all different kinds. And what makes it so interesting and sometimes intricate is that each of those different kinds, whether you're printing on a cup, printing on a water bottle, whether you're screen printing something, they all have different setups, different file setups, different things you need to know about, different substrates available, pros and cons. They're all different. And I bet you none of our clients know anything about this. When we're talking about brand designers specifically, and I think a lot of us are are not like in a huge agency where we have like a department that like handles production, like we have to be the production managers for our clients. And a lot of the time, you know, I'll throw in like, hey, I'm happy to do file prep for you if you want to, you know, get some business cards on Moo. Like that's like pretty much the extent like of me like interacting with like print design in my, you know, in my packages. But I mean, even just like talking to you for a while, we've been on the the recording for like 25 minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be an amazing way for me to provide more value to my clients and my branding packages by, you know, if I invest in myself as like, okay, I know about all, like, I'm not saying that I knew this now, but it's like in the future, future Jen knows all about all this cool print stuff. And like, we'll be able to not only say like, Hey, I can prep your business cards for me to print them, but like, you can like design with print in mind rather than like applying your brand to like, okay, now here's an afterthought for print. Like I love seeing print, you know, in business cards or or whatever it is. I, of course, like business card is like the thing that comes to mind, but like where you can tell that the print process was involved in the design process from the very beginning. And I think that that is a really important distinction to make because I'm, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not operating like, like that right now. And like, that's a a hole that I see in my knowledge as a designer and also like as a business owner, I'm like, wow, this is a place that I am not really like exploring that I could totally provide value to my clients. I would love to hear you speak to that, Dave, about like how we as brand designers and our listeners can like really start to use, you know, whatever knowledge they have about print design to like incorporate that into their packages. I don't know. That was a really intense, like complicated question, but <laughs> no, you nailed it. And, it. and it leads to a couple of things that you, that you, that you touch on. So I'm going to just sort of walk you through that process. Um, one is going to be, the first question is why is print still important? The second, um, that I'll answer for you is, um, in, in your case, you know, when you guys are doing brand designs and brand packages, why do, why do I need to think about print? Why does that matter to me? And then the third is going to be the business of print design. How can how can we, as brand designers, increase the revenue of our freelance businesses, of our side hustle, or show more value of ourselves and our skills in this in-house design setting to get the raise that we want, get the promotion that we want, or whatever that is. So the first question is, why does print matter right now? And if you think about this, when you go to the grocery store, for example, when you're looking at products on the shelf, you're interacting with design and print that somebody has thought through. How am I going to get the consumer's attention enough so that they pick up this product? How is the paper going to feel in their hand? How is this finish going to feel in their hand? How is the emboss going to feel in their hand to make them go to, to think this is quality? This is really nice. This is a nice brand. Like it feels good. Um, it feels substantial. How are you going to achieve those things? I just actually had a conversation and interviewed Bill Gardner. Bill Gardner is Logo Lounge. <laughs> Gardner Design is Logo Lounge. 
so the, he's the maker of those books. So I interviewed him yesterday. That episode will come out um, in, a, in a couple of weeks from this recording anyways. And he, same thing, Gardner Design is branding and rebranding. That's their full agency. And I knew the answer, but I asked Bill this yesterday. I said, Bill, why does print matter right now? And he says, well, I'll tell you what I say to my, my print clients. We've all been in that situation where we're at an event or something like that, and somebody hands over a business card to us, and we're exchanging business cards. And it's gone two ways. One is like you feel it and you look at it, you're like, eh, they printed this at home, and it doesn't feel like much. It feels like there wasn't much effort put into it. It's a flimsy paper. The color's not great. There's nothing special about it. And on the flip side of that, we've all been in a situation where somebody's handed us a card and we've held onto it and looked at it and almost ignored the conversation we're having. Like, what is going on with this card? It's so thick and it feels so cool. And look at all these colors, just different colored papers in between. Like, we've all had that where we're like, this card is amazing. So now think of it this way. Those two people who just handed you two completely different business cards. What are you subconsciously thinking about their brands, their service, their pricing, their, um, the experience that you will have if you become a customer of theirs? Yeah, right. that, that the one with the thicker card knows more about their business or whatever they're serving, and that's the one you want to hire. I was going to say that they probably charge a little bit more, but I'm willing to pay yeah, it. Yeah, that too. There's yeah, a, exactly. Yeah. They're worth it. There's a higher perceived value. So that is print design in action, in exchange, in the smallest level of just a little tactile experience of exchange of business cards. And if that brand experience aligns with what they're doing and saying on social media, aligns with the way that their website looks and their website is laid out, aligns with the um, the proposal package that they receive if you're giving them a quote or proposal. If all of those things are in line and they continually back up that first subconscious thought of quality, reliability, value, if all of those steps back that up, that's a brand that just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, that's the brand consistency. When you want to create a premium brand, you can't just think about how did the logo, how was it designed? Like you have to think of all these customer touch points. And I personally, I, I have been in that situation, Dave, where I got my cards from Moo and I got like the, the Lux print. So it was like, I forget what whatever the thicker point is. I think it's like 18, 21 points or is that too much? No, it could whatever be like 21 or 24. They get into some of the, the heavier weights there, but you basically yeah. paid for something a little bit sexier than normal. Yeah, exactly. And it was a bit pricier, but I thought, well, if I want higher paying clients, then I'm going to prove that I'm worth the money. Um, and so I specifically chose my print based off of like the card based off of like how I wanted the client to feel. And so I also did like a matte, like soft touch finish. And I did a gold embossing for my logo and like the, the little part that says design services. So then one day I'm on a, at a networking event and I give somebody my card telling them, oh, I'm a, I'm a brand designer. And then someone's there too saying, I'm also a brand designer. And like they give the other person the card like, oh, thank you for your card. And when I handed them mine, they literally stopped and were like, wow, this is amazing. And I felt so good about myself because I was like literally right next to my competition. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> like that was worth it. That's an amazing win. I love it. So yeah, like this is actually like real life. We're actually, yeah, this is totally applicable. Um, and even in the smallest scale of like when I used to um, interview for agencies, I remember I would use like uh, a thicker uh, paper instead of like the regular print paper to 
print my resume and when I would go to the interview like the creative director or whoever would be like whoa this is nice and I and it that was like the thing that I went for it's like I want to prove to you that like I'm ready to like be that value that you want or whatever like that those little things just matter and it's print yep and and as a designer freelance designer if you're looking for new clients what the majority of designers are doing is finding out who the creative director is or whoever they need to send it to and emailing a PDF of their portfolio. Here's my portfolio. Here's my portfolio. How many PDF portfolios do creative directors get a week? Like I'd be scared to wonder. So I interviewed a gentleman named Nick Miner from Miner Design Co. on the Print Design Podcast. He took, he spent, what, what, what was it? Something like I want to say something like three grand on a print project for himself, just getting started in freelancing. He um, letterpress printed a beautiful box, letterpress printed a beautiful label, custom made a hot sauce in this really nice bottle, put this awesome package together with, um, you know, a nice little card, all like amazing letterpress printing with foil and embossing, like beautiful package. And that is how he introduces himself to creative directors, to business owners, to things like that when he's looking for business. That is using print to stand out far and above 90% of your competition. Yes. I really yeah, think that's such a powerful tool. That's amazing. I love that it's hot sauce, first of all, because I have an extensive hot <laughs> sauce collection. I, uh, I have like a little subscription. It's a little embarrassing. But nice. I think that there's something very special about being able to touch something. Everything we consume, I mean, not everything, but like so much of the media that we consume is digital nowadays. And then when you have access to feel something with your hands, like that's what we were meant to do as human beings. Like we weren't meant to scroll on Instagram for hours. I mean, I'm saying, I'm not, I'm saying that as someone who does that, but like when I, when I like pick up a package or when I touch a piece of paper, I mean, like I love print design, but like I just, it makes you stop. You're so right. There is something emotional about it. And I think that like when you play on, not play on, but like when you connect with those emotions, when you connect with those values, like intrinsically, the customer doesn't know it. Like that is what makes the sale. Whether or not you're you're putting your resume in, you're trying to get hired as a white label contractor, you're trying to land a big client, you're responding to an RFP, like there, that could be like the thing that sets you apart from everyone else. So I think that's just really, really good value for our listeners because people are always asking like, how do I get clients? How do I get clients? How do I like stand out from the pack? It's like maybe print design is something that, you know, people should be looking Create to do for that. tangible brand experiences. Yes. That's what is standing out, right? So another question that you had asked was when we're doing these branding packages, why do we need to consider print design? Why do we need to think about that? Um, I have dealt firsthand with the situation where a brand designer created a beautiful brand for a customer um, and then had this specific brand color. It was like a bright neon green all over the web, web safe, all over digital, all good, happy days. When good luck trying to find a printed color, a Pantone color or something that will match that. So when that customer goes out and they want to now print a letterhead, they want to print a presentation folder or whatever it is with that brand color, you change your brand color. I can't achieve that in print. So that's just one of the ways that you need to think ahead of how is this logo, is this brand going to be used? If it is going to be used in print, think about that. Think about how fine of the detail you're going to go. If a customer has a gold heavily scripted logo and they want to see that in gold foil on everything that they print 
you got to think about that logo design because some of those really fine scripted gold details won't come through in a foil stamp. So all of these different things when you're creating this brand and you're doing a brand redesign, that if the customer is going to use print, one, how can you best use print to promote a great brand experience, all of the touch points that are going to be printed? How do you create that as an awesome experience? And the colors and the effects and things that you're using, can they be replicated in print or how can I replicate them in print? Yeah, absolutely. Instead of it being an afterthought and realizing, oh, shoot, like now, you know, our print production is going to cost so much more because we decided on like 10 brand colors or things (laughs) like that. Like that's another thing that imagine how much value you'd be giving to your client when you can consult them on the the decisions of whatever it is that they want. And that's what we are. We're brand consultants, like we're we're at a higher level. And if we want to get paid more for it, then providing that kind of value, that would be amazing. And that's a beautiful segue into what I was going to say about the business of print design. Um, You know, print design is a service that you can offer. And as a freelance designer, you don't need to be an expert in it, just like you don't need to be an expert in code. You don't need to, but you need to at least understand it. And if you know how to do print design, you can add, you can increase your, your pricing to your customers, the quotes that you're giving out, because you're taking on more of that project. You're offering more services for them. Jen, you nailed the, the second point that I wanted to make was that you can now charge for print management. That could include requesting quotes from the printer and sitting down with that customer and guiding them through paper selection. Um, That's print management where you're helping them with proofing. Um, All those pieces of that, you can charge for that and you should charge for that because it's your time. And if you're going on site to do a press check to make sure these items are coming out how you want, all of those are print management, another way to increase revenue for your freelance business. Fantastic. Fantastic. Do you have an example of or not an example, maybe like a bit of like a base on how designers should charge for that service? Like, is it a 15% markup or like, how do you exactly do it? So there's a few ways to go about it. And it all really ties into knowing your client and how big is the project. If you have a $300 business card that you're helping a customer produce and you're helping manage that project because they just don't know anything about it, adding a 25% markup on that yeah, you could probably do that and be okay. That's not a big chunk of money. Um, if you're do, doing and helping manage a $20,000 booklet and a big print job, adding 25% on top of the cost of that, that's a lot of dough and that'll be hard to pull off. But what you can do is mark it up 3%, things like that. So there's a few ways to go about it. One is upfront. Um, and actually right now, this the episode won't actually come out in time for it, but I have a free PDF download and part of Print Design Academy is teaching you the sort of top three ways you can increase the revenue in your business, design business using print design. And the first one is that print management fee that we talked about. The, the second is by referral fees. Um, so for example, I have a, I had a customer named Tammy who had a customer where there was a new marketing person that came into the company. She used to broker all the print and have lots of opportunities for markup. Um, at the printer I was at, I had a great relationship with her. So we had a conversation and she said, Hey, um, any way that I could, you could mark up the prices a little bit to them and, and give me, you know, a a 10% kickback or 5% kickback on these projects. I've lost this chunk of my business because of this new marketing lady coming in and she wants to go direct. And because we had that relationship there, absolutely. 
no problem. So we did that. So that if you have a great relationship with your printer, you can go that route where you sort of get this referral fee for sending them the business. They handle and manage all of that business and you get a referral fee for sending that work to the printer. The third way that you can do this is by getting taking on more of the print management where you're actually reaching out to printers and getting quotes and things like that. Taking that quote and marking it up 5%, 10%, whatever that number is where you feel is the right spot where it's not adding too much, you're covering your time. You know, it's, we don't want to be greedy about it, but we want to make sure that we're being looked after for our time investing. So you can mark up a print quote and pass that along. That's another way that you could do it. That's an excellent answer. There's a few different ways to do it. There's no just one way that works for everything. I feel like these could be applicable to people who are just starting out and people who have been doing this for 10 years. I think that those are really, really great. I love talking in terms of percentages because projects, like people are, how much should I charge for this? And it's like, well, you know, like let's okay. dive into some details. You like, hit the, you <laughs> hit the on the head there. It's like, and the example that I love to use is, you know, somebody will ask me, hey, I want to get, um, you know, 5,000 of these booklets printed. How much does that cost? Um, like, uh... my response, my response is to them, uh, how, I'd like to buy a house. How much does that cost? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's such a good analogy. Right? I love like, that. I love that. People think that it's like, oh, a business card should, should cost you, you know, X dollars to design. It's like, okay, card is cost? the business card for Nike or is it for your neighbor, Sally and her dog grooming business? You know, like <laughs> it's like, who's it for? Is there a foil stamp? Is there an embossing? Do I need to think of a couple of different substrates? Are we laminating things together? Are we, there's so many different ways you can go with it. It's, it ties right back into the house. Nobody around can answer the question, how much is a house? Where is the house? How big is the house? Do you want four bedrooms? Do you want two bathrooms? What do you want? Um, does the house have a pool? Does it come with lots of land? Like, There's so many different factors that tie into it that it's so hard to give somebody an answer on how much does this cost exactly. without going through the proper channels of quoting. I have a question for you, Dave. This is like literally going off the script. And this is actually a question that we get pretty often in our Facebook groups. I think it might be of interest to our listeners. People are asked all the time, where can I get something printed with foil? Where can I get something printed with embossing? Like, is there an answer to that question? Like, should I go local? Should I go digital? Should I do Moo? Should I do a a small studio? Like, where can I get something that will do like double blah, 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 blah? You know, like, is there one good answer? Is there a resource that you recommend? Or is it really just like, you gotta, it's gonna be different for everyone? Well, as far as I'm aware, the only resource that can answer that question for you is Print Design Academy. Because, <laughs> and I say that because I looked. Um, and I ended up creating one of the modules in the core training of Print Design Academy is answering exactly that. The whole goal of Print Design Academy and my mission in doing this is I don't care if you become a member of Print Design Academy or not, but at least take up the free stuff that we're giving out, the free stuff that we're talking about on the podcast. Take that stuff and just do more print, please. Talk more about the Print Design Academy. We want to hear more about this. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about that in um, just a minute here. But with the when we're talking about how to find a printer, my my first suggestion on how to find a printer is go to your local RGD, your local um, GDC, which is the Graphic Designers of Canada up in Canada here, um, your local AIGA, go to your local chapter for that and see if there's printers that are involved with them, sponsoring them, supporting them, involved in that community. Check there first. 
it's most likely that the printers that are supporting those organizations through sponsorships, through participation, are serving graphic designers. They're serving that audience. They know what they need. Most printers can do a foil stamp on things, can do an emboss on things. Um, some will do it in-house. Some will have a trade partner that they work with to do that particular step. But step one, reach out through your local design organizations to find out if there's a printer sponsoring or supporting them. The second step, if for some reason there is none, you, you get nothing on that, um, I would then go to Google. I would look up com um, commercial printer and the biggest city near you. Just Google that and search it. Then the next step is the age-old classic, pick up the phone. Now, here's, I'm going to say something scary. And a lot of people are nervous about this when I say this because it's kind of a scary word. But when you phone these printers, make a list of four or five of them. When you phone them, ask for sales. Ask for sales. Now, sales will be the most knowledgeable on the products that they offer, the products they specialize in. They will also be the most connected on if you do accidentally phone Bob Joe's print house and it turns out they're a packaging printer and you want to print a letterhead or a business card. They'll say, no, no, sorry, we specialize in packaging. You want to talk to Jim's printer and he's just down the street, connect with him. So they can direct you that way. But from that conversation with sales, um, ask them questions, you know, what kind of projects do you guys specialize in? What, what work do you really niche into or what do you do really, really well? And if you're feeling good about the call, you're feeling good about what they're saying, ask if you can go there for a tour and check out what they got. Most printers, I mean, COVID throws a curveball in everything. But most printers have open doors and say, yeah, absolutely. Come on by. We'll show you the equipment we got. They'll have a wall of samples. They'll show you this is the kind of work that we've done that we do. Um, and that experience in itself is priceless. Just walking through a printer, seeing the samples and the kind of things that they do and what all of these giant pieces of machinery do. Wow, that's amazing. I love that. Because um, when I was working at an agency, we would go to the local printers that we had relationships with, and we would talk to them about, hey, we want to do this. And they would consult us basically on what we could do. And on top of that, it gives you like you were just saying, like things that you didn't even consider, they probably have a sample of like, oh, here's something we've done before it was pretty cool. Then you have a new idea for your next client. I love that. Also, do you recommend doing this anytime or when you know, you're about to have a print job? Like, what, what's your answer? I would, I would do that the moment that you decide you're going to offer print design as a service, that you're going to offer print management on your branding quotes, all that sort of thing. I would do that as soon as possible because when you have a project come up, you want to know, oh, that would be great for this printer. Oh, this is a good fit for this guy. This is a good fit for this guy. You want to know who your local two or three printers are that this project would best fit. So 100%, do it right away. Even if you're not doing print design yet, go check it out and see what's cooking in the print house. I love, I, I think that there, I mean, I keep on saying there's something like so special about holding something physical in your hands in our digital, our ever increasing digital world. But like, I love how print, like by the nature of it, it brings people together. 
I think that that is just, there's something so special about that. And I think that's something why, why I think about, oh, you know, my beloved InDesign, you know, like InDesign was created with print in mind, you know, and I, I just use Illustrator now, you know, like, and when I think about, you know, working on at, at the magazine, you know, like we, we worked in the office with people and the, you know, the, we would pass around literal physical pages. Every single time an editor would do a round of edits on a magazine page, it happened on a printed out piece of paper that I, I, as the design assistant, would take with my hands and walk to the creative director's office and put on their desk and I would have to be in their office. You know, like there's something, I mean, obviously it's very physical, but hello, baby. (laughs) There's something very (laughs) physical about it, but it's, it's, I love the idea of taking a tour and just meeting people and networking and, you know, those connections. Like, people ask, oh, how do I get clients? How do I get clients? It's like, go get out there in your community. I mean, once COVID is over, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Go build these relationships. And, you know, even – I don't know if you guys have creative mornings in your area, um, but there's creative mornings um, events all over the place. And they usually do them remotely as well. So right now, creative mornings and, and different design events are all happening online. As, as Even though it's not as great as, you know, being there in person and shaking hands and, you know, fist bumping and whatever else you got going on, it's still a way to connect with people and see names and meet names. You can just see somebody who's saying something cool in the big Zoom chat look them up on Instagram afterwards, connect with them. Hey, I saw you chatting on Creative Mornings last Friday. Just wondering if you wanted to connect over Zoom privately or whatever. Yeah, that's great. And that is one thing about, you know, COVID right now. Like there's a lot of events that, especially if people are living in a small town, now they have access to these events that they wouldn't have otherwise because they're all online Mm -hmm. now. So Adobe Max is coming up in um, like two or three weeks or something. You know, as big as Adobe Max is, everybody who used to go to it would travel. They're buying a ticket, they're traveling, they're going to the event at the spot, at the place, at the time. Right now with it being online, like it's going to be double, triple the size in attendees that it usually is just because people don't have to travel. And it's free. Yeah, 100%. There's no, there's no cost involved, right? It's right there. And right now what we're doing, um, based on the timing of when this is going to come out, it'll be over. But right now I'm in the final planning stages of what I'm calling the color bar challenge. So we are, what, what the, one of the problems that we run into or the questions that designers most have is, well, how do I set up my file for print? Because, you know, you're putting, when you're assembling your file in InDesign or Illustrator, wherever you're putting it together, you're bringing in photos. Well, those photos are RGB. You're building your colors. Those might be hex or web safe or whatever it is, right? So I want to show people for free how to set up the fundamentals of setting up a print-ready file. So we've created this fictional bar, cocktail lounge, called the color bar, which is kind of a play off of print, the color bar. And we're putting together all of the photo assets, all the copy assets, the creative brief, and we're hosting a private Facebook challenge for five days. So five days to print ready files. And you'll get all of these files. Each day, we're going to release a lesson within the private Facebook group showing you step one. Here's how to set up your document in InDesign so it's going to be successful in print. Day two is bring in your copy in, your type in. You know, why why should this be 100% black type instead of CMYK black type? Why does that matter? Um, third day will be images coming in. Don't forget to convert these to CMYK and here's why that matters. These sort of things. And then in the end, we're going to do, because uh, it's actually over Halloween, so we're going to do a costume party and and, ju- and judge some of the finished brochures that are created. And, and that's going to be the intro to a launch of Print Design Academy in early November. 
Wow, that's so cool. Oh, and before I forget, do you have a Facebook group that you can uh, get people on here? I do not. I have, I've, I've talked about it with you sort of privately. I yeah. should really have one. I should have created one a long time ago, um, but right now I don't. So the best way to sort of follow along with what Print Design Academy and the podcast has cooking is uh, on Instagram, printdesign underscore academy. And also just check out the Print Design podcast. Yeah. You guys have to go follow him. Yeah, because the way the print design podcast works alongside our Instagram is, you know, we're doing these interviews that most people are listening to in audio form. And we're talking about like just uh, this week, an episode went up where something I was really excited to interview about stamp design, because when you say stamp design, you're like, that's lame, like a postal stamp. Give me a break. But no, no, this is a stamp with like fluorescent glow-in-the-dark inks hidden within it that's commemorating the anniversary of Apollo 11 and like moon landing and stuff like that. Like like a big deal. So this stamp was created with all of these little Easter eggs built within the stamp. And I interviewed uh, Matthew from Subplot Design of Vancouver here who created this thing. And we really got the inside look as to what all of the different production elements and design process in creating something like a stamp that you just normally wouldn't think about. So we do the interview, we hear all about it. And then the Instagram is where you go to see the photos of this thing, the production of this thing. How did it all come together? Yeah, exactly. I follow uh, Print Design Academy and I love seeing that. And I mean, Dave is uh, interviewing like some really top performing designers and you learn so much just hearing from the podcast and then following along with the print design academy instagram you get to see like i think you do this for print design academy but i know you do it for quickie you do like little snippets of like little quotes from the from the interviewer or the interviewee i should say and yeah seeing like their work alongside of that you i love that it's just like providing more of that experience besides just listening in yeah, for sure. It's absolutely. It's the visual context to what we talk about. And, and Print Design Academy, it takes like a, a form of these are the pictures, this is the project, blah, blah, blah. On the Quickie podcast, it's really just about quirky personalities and storytelling. So I, for the Instagram post for that, I pull completely out of context, random quotes out of the episode and throw those up on Instagram. So, I mean, one went up um, the other day that was strictly my fat hands. Like that was the quote that I pulled from the episode. So. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing about this. It has been absolutely amazing hearing about Print Design Academy. You guys should really check it out. Check out the podcast, all the amazing knowledge that Dave just genuinely loves to share just for free. Just make him happy. Do more print. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into our inbox question and then we're going to be wrapping up this episode. So Kaylee Nauman asks, at the end of completing a project with the client, how do you feel confident in them using their brand correctly? Like after giving them the style guide and all, should there be multiple follow-ups or just let them go and move on? What's your experience with this, Dave? So it really depends on your particular personality type as a designer. Because when you create something for a customer that pays you to create something and you hand it off to them, the reality is, is you have zero control over whether they continue with that brand guide, with the style guide, with all of the papers you spec, the colors you spec, all of those things. It's completely out of your control. Yeah, it's the hard truth. Uh -huh. It's in <laughs> the client's best interest to do that, but there's no guarantee that they do. So if you're cool with that, 
wash your hands, move on. If you see something, feel free to send them a picture. Some of the funniest reactions that I've had um, was where I helped people along the way with design. And then when I see the label or I see the production piece out in public at a store, wherever it is, I'll take a picture of it. And if it's, if it's, I've done this before where it was not in line with their brand and what it should, it looked bad. Um, it looked bad. Oh. So I took a picture of it and I emailed it to them and I just said, really? We can, <laughs> we can, we can help you do better than this. Is this the brand you're trying to portray in a friendly way? Of course. Um, right. Right. And yeah, that, that stuff gets attention. So yeah. maybe if you see something out there for a brand that you created and the packaging or the business card or whatever they're handing out is not in line with the style guide, point that out in like a professional, polite way, because that could be more business for you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do things like that and see how the client responds to that, maybe that's how you kind of start tweaking the way that you set up your style guide and things like that. Because I mean, as much as I've tried to like really give them all those guidelines to follow along and keep the brand consistent, I still see um, even like social media templates, like we create their own templates and then they decide that they want to make their own on Canva and it's like completely off of the brand that we designed. Like there's only so much you can do, but also I like to put my, I think a lot of agencies do this too, putting their contact information. If you have any questions about the style guide, you can contact us here at the end, like at the last page. So I always put my name in there and I have yet to get contacted. (laughs) 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 And I think that's pretty common. Mm -hmm. So have you been out there and seen something where you're like, Ooh, that doesn't align. Yeah. It's actually happened a few times. Um, Even like t-shirt designs, like I'll, I don't know they like changed the color of it and then it just didn't print well with another combination. And I was just like, why did they do that? (laughs) So then in that situation, what I would encourage you to do is just send them a polite email saying, Hey, saw this you put together. Looks okay. Here's my design suggestion. It's better in line with the style guide. Let me know if you'd like my help in the future with some of these. Cause then it's just a polite way of telling them that you're done, gone, done wrong. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and like where did you stray wrong <laughs> yeah why did you stray I can help yeah. you do better and you know as long as the project originally ended well there's a good chance that you're going to get new business and you might find yourself doing some t-shirt design true that's very true that's a really good point point. and who knows if like maybe they hired a marketing intern that didn't know any better and they did the client didn't wasn't even aware Dave, thank you so much for joining us. If you were definitely going to show all of the links and how people can find you, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Any place that you, you want people to find you? No, just on Instagram at print design underscore Academy. Um, you can go to printdesignacademy.com because whatever shape and form that is, when this episode goes out, there will be some sort of free resource there for you as a designer and a creative interested in getting started in print design. So yeah, that's that's what I would encourage you to do. Well, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer podcast on Facebook. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources.